This Cup of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Plus, if you'd like to support our programming personally, visit trekfm slash donate to get our alien badges and art prints, featuring original illustrations by Tobo Ushi. This is Houston Huddleston from New Starship, and I'm restoring the Enterprise D Bridge, and you're listening to Track FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Daniel Pruce, sitting in the center chair this week, and joining me today is Data's second cousin, twice removed, Ensign Darren Moser. How are you, Darren? I am fine. How are you, Daniel? Well, I think I think you need to maybe add like a uh, normal speaking uh, sub subroutine so that you can. You know, interact with the crew in a normal Downloading manner. update patch now. Packet one of AD5. Okay, that's going to take a while. So also joining me this week is Chief O'Brien's replacement, Transporter Chief Lieutenant Commander uh, Badmiral Philip Gilfus. How are you doing, Philip? I'm doing great, Daniel. Where do I put all these pips? I got like 20 of them in my. I, do they all go in the collar, or do they go on the side, or I don't even know. Um, I mean, I just found all these pips here. They're like right below the transporter console. It's, it's as if someone had been collecting them for years and just sticking them under the transporter console. So <laughs> I, I really don't know what to do with all these pips, but um, I'm I'm here to try to make things work out here. Well, if you string them together, perhaps you could make some sort of a belt. That's a good idea. Maybe add a gold braid. Oh, you're thinking. You're thinking. Now I want to launch a a series of gum tablets called Pips, uh, just for sticking <laughs> underneath consoles everywhere, or to whether <laughs> under your console or on your neck, Pips, because everyone wants to be a lieutenant. So, as our listeners may or may not have picked up on by my really obscure jokes and references. Today on Earl Grey, we're actually going to be discussing something a little bit different. Um, so let, let's, let's let, you know, as hosts and as an audience, let's rewind back to a simpler time, right? You're in the early 90s. Things are going great. It's, you know, uh, parachute pants are, have finally gone out of style. And, you know, the, the internet is starting to come into focus and be a big thing. And okay, so you're a big wig executive at Paramount, right? You have this smash runaway success with Star Trek The Next Generation. I mean, it's unprecedented. Really, in syndicated television, there's never been a show as popular as TNG has been. And you're, you're coming to the end of, of, of some of the actors' contracts, and maybe some of the creatives are getting a little tired... So what do you do? Well, what we got was season seven was all good things at the end, and then we got generations. What I want to talk to everyone about is what if that didn't happen? What if everybody held on for one more year? What if we got TNG season eight? So I'm going to go just just some brief preliminary 
you know, um, opinions. What, what do you, what, like, what is your first, the first thing that pops in your head, Darren, when I say season eight, is it a, is it a positive, a negative? What do you think? Honestly, the first thing that comes to my mind is that Twitter account. But, uh, but besides that, I would say, uh, yeah, I'd say that'd be a positive. I think, um, that they, season seven, while it had its ups and downs as a series, you know, towards its end usually does, but I think there was plenty of life left in the series. I think they could have easily pulled out another 26 or even reduced it down to maybe, you know, 20 episodes and given us a great send off as long as they had kept the series finale. I think, uh, I have some other thoughts about season eight. I'll, I'll hold for later, but that's my my initial reaction. Okay, all right. What about what about you, Philip? What do you think? So, in am I allowed to to make up my own addition to your question? So, in season eight, is all good things the end of season seven, or is there not an all good things at the end of season seven? Or am no, I allowed to make we, it up? I would ass- Okay, from this point forward, we're going to assume that if if they went ahead with an, with season eight, all good things does not exist at least not yet okay. you could push it to the end okay. of season eight if you want that, to that makes more sense yeah but, yeah well i you know i could go both ways um with with that you know thought um but okay i i would say i would say no um because i think you know seven seasons of tng right now i'm doing a rewatch of tng and it is slow going and it's not because i don't like tng <laughs> um and so i i think i think you know on one hand, of course, you can never have too much TNG. So, I mean, I, I do say it from that fan perspective. But from the other one, you know, I, I think I think seven seasons was was probably the the right amount. Um, you know, you look at the I think because I was looking over the seventh the seventh season list um, just before we came on here, um, and there were there were some great episodes because you know you kind of think like maybe the quality started to fall a little after three, four, and you know uh, seasons. But seven had some strong ones. Um, Pegasus attached. Uh, lower decks, Genesis, just to name a few, um, parallels. Um, so, so they were still going strong, but then I think the, uh, you know, with, with the combined effort or the, the actually the uh, split effort with DS Nine going on at the same time, I think, I think everyone was ready to kind of just hang it up and, and move on. So I'm, I, I would love as much TNG as there is in the world, but I, I, I think season seven seasons was was a good amount. Interesting. So you guys are kind of split, and honestly, I'm kind of split down the middle. So I think we're as as much as we can be. We we kind of have a tie here because I, I agree with both of you. I think you know more TNG would have been great, but it was getting a little long in the tooth. Now I think as in hindsight, we can look back and say, oh, Star Trek shows should run for seven seasons. But of course, when TNG was reaching season seven, that was that was established. It was, we were already charting on, you know, new territories because obviously the TOS only went for three seasons, but it's as interesting. As if we were Derek. boldly going where no one had gone before. <laughs> exactly. And it's interesting that you brought up um, Deep Space Nine. That's one of the, the parts that we'll talk about later. Um, but I did just want to give any listeners a, a brief recap of why these things did, or, or the situation was. So we, we are reaching, you know, we're halfway through season seven and obviously they have to decide what to do. Maybe it happened before then, maybe it didn't, it doesn't matter. But T, they, they made a conscious decision to end TNG at the end of season seven, which is fine. But this fundamentally alters everything we know about the future Star Trek universe. So let's talk about 
Deep Space Nine. Let's talk about Voyager. Let's talk about Generations. How do you think these things would have been altered and changed? Because presumably they all still would have... Well, Deep Space Nine definitely would have happened because it was already happening. But, but, but Voyager and Generations and even probably later Deep Space Nine would have been affected, uh, you know, had everything been pushed back one year. So what do you think... How different would Voyager be, for example, or 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 generations? What do you guys have you ever thought about that? Like, think, what do you think, Darren, would happen? I have my handy dandy Wikipedia time scale here, which it's a great graphic on the Star Trek page, and it just kind of shows where in in real time from the '60s through today all the different series lined up and it's a great way to just kind of get a visual of, you know, what was it like back in 93, 94 and you have, you know, 90, 94 and like May 23rd is when Star Trek, the next generation ended in 94. And by that time you had a season or two of DS nine going generations was right around the corner and then Voyager would launch in 95 and you had this, you know, just, crescendo of star trek going on i mean it was just ridiculous in the mid 90s so to push next gen back an additional year uh one thing it would be interesting to hypothesize is i know we we've stated you know keeping all good things uh, at the end uh, but what if we didn't keep the movie at the end what if after season seven they're like hey you know Next Gen is like super popular and we have these contracts for these actors. Let's use them and let's do a, I mean, there's no written rule that says you can't have a film while a TV show is going on. I mean, it may be a bad idea, but it, it's not, you know, not allowed. So can you imagine generations, uh, imagine this, I mean, just being crazy if not to change it too much, but imagine generations happening in the summer between season seven and eight and now there's no enterprise. Mm. Okay. I don't know exactly what you would do with that, but uh I mean you could br- you could have brought in the E for season 8, you could have done a lot of things. It would've been interesting, but uh I again, I I really doubt that they would have done something like that, but it's an interesting thought of shuffling the Star Trek deck of keeping generations in its time slot but then continuing the series afterwards. You know, th- this is not your question, Daniel, and so I'm not. I'm going to stay very briefly because it's my little soapbox, but, but I won't go on it too much, about the saturation, in my opinion, the oversaturation of Trek in the 90s, but I won't go into it. But I'll just say this. If we had gone eight seasons of TNG, DS9 was already going on, so you can't you know mess that up because it already exists. But if you had pushed everything back, what would be happening right now? Would We'd be finishing this podcast. We could go watch Enterprise tonight on TV. <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's a bit that's a bit forward because I mean, if we're only pushing everything back a year, presumably Enterprise would have ended still half a decade ago at this point. Well, Voyager wouldn't have started until later. Enterprise wouldn't have started until later, and then Enterprise may have lasted longer. And so that may, you know, you may you you may be right. I mean, obviously, we you know, as we'll we'll try to focus on TNG here because we can't. Hmm. There's no way we can extrapolate how much that would have affected Enterprise. If only there was some season in the seventh season, some episode of that we could compare it to of where different timelines showed what could have <laughs> happened. It's something perpendicular to what I'm thinking of. Never mind. 
Well, Voyager, although that's the one for sure that just cannot occupy the same time as Next Generation because it was literally the same soundstage. So you you had to strike TNG. I mean, unless you built it on a new stage, but the cost in that is just ridiculous. Basically, the Voyager set was a substantial rework and redress of many of the standing next-gen sets. Uh, the corridors, the warp core, it's all in the same location. And the thing, too, about Voyager is, you know, and, and not to... From what I understand, um, it's there. it came together a lot towards the end of their development, especially, um, famously, the recasting of Janeway. It wasn't until right before they started shooting. So if we, if they had an extra year to develop that show, and, I, and I'm not here to bash Voyager or anything, but I'm just wondering that if, if they did... To the journey! To the journey. If they did have an extra year, for, you know, to think about things and to develop it and to, and I think of all of the things that we're talking about now, I think Voyager would have actually benefited the most, even more than TNG, from a season eight of TNG. I think. Oh, wait, we, we we have a whole year to write uh, Chicote, uh, give him a character outline. Okay, <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> I think the biggest change would have been to Deep Space Nine. I mean, we've talked a lot about, you know, Kira and Roe. Think about it. If Roe's character was developed for an additional season, I think there's a very high chance that, I mean, again, it all comes down to the actress, but think about it. You've now played this character for another whole year. I think there would be a greater chance that she would have transitioned. Well, the only- you have had Lieutenant Roe show up. Instead of Lieutenant Commander Worf. That's true. Oh, my goodness. Wow, that would have changed things for sure. Um, I mean, it, the, the fact is that, obviously, Kira, you know, Deep Space Nine started in TNG Season 5. So they would never have replaced Kira at that point with Ro. Even though they oh, could true. have and should have. And, 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 and I would be okay with that. Um, but it is an interesting thought, especially the Worf thing that I did want to bring up because we see Worf in season four of Deep Space Nine. Presumably, you know, if we're just going with our theory, that would have pushed him back to season five. And that would have changed Deep Space Nine dramatically. Um, and it's interesting to think that TNG has clearly being the, you know, the big one in the 90s. It has all of these ripples through time that we see. But uh, I just wanted to get your guys' opinions on on that because Voyager would have come like what would have happened to Generations? Generations would have been different, I think. If yeah, and I, and I think it's interesting, kind of what what uh, Darren was talking about. You know, if you do, and again, I, obviously in the real world, it's all about money, and that's why things happen. But anyway, putting that all aside for a second, you know, if we had a season eight of TNG to plan. So what do you do if you're thinking about gener- you know the movie? We'll, you know, we'll call it generations, you know, because generations. But if you're thinking about generations, right? We want to do a movie after season eight. We're going to do one more season, guys. Then we're going to do a movie, of course, because we want to set you up for a franchise. Do you do what Darren said? Do you keep the D, D or do you destroy the D as the season eight finale, and then your first movie is a new ship? Um, and then the same thing with the uniforms. Instead of having crazy uniform time in generations. Do you just start brand new everything in Generations? You know, in other words, clean sweep, uh, season finale in season eight, and then the new movie just, I mean, obviously you could still do the whole um, TOS stuff, but I mean, then you just start new with the next generation. You know, new ship, you can use the new DS9 or uh, uniforms, but instead of having this kind of hybrid of 
whatever. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love seeing the Enterprise D on the big screen, even though I, I actually literally didn't see it on the big screen. That was the only movie I never saw in the theater. Um, but, you know, it, it does come, come to mind of, of whether you could actually finish the story um, in season eight. Or can imagine this if, I mean, we keep talking about pushing back Voyager and pushing back Deep Space Nine, but what if Deep Space Nine wasn't pushed back or if it was even started earlier, you could have ended, uh, you could have ended Deep Space Deep Space Nine, or sorry, you could have ended Next Gen deeper into the run of Deep Space Nine, and then the movie, instead of being a TOS crossover generations, could have been a Deep Space Nine kicking off the Dominion War movie okay. event. Okay, hang on. You're getting me way too excited right now, because now I'm picturing a combination of generations, uh, TNG and Deep Space Nine, where we get all of Star Trek represented up to that point. If, okay, hang on. Okay, whoa. Brainstorm. Da- so, Daniel has written this script already. You can download <laughs> it. Uh, never mind. <laughs> so let's assume TNG goes for one more season. Um, and then they still want to bring Kirk in and and fix whatever. Okay, they want to bring Kirk in. And then we want to also do this big event with Deep Space Nine. We could have a three-way crossover. I love crossovers, by the way. And I don't know. I'm sure I've mentioned it before, but... Cr- That'd be the most amazing thing. We're so calling we it have... a crossover. We're not calling it a three-way. Go ahead. <laughs> well, okay. But all three captains up to that point, those were the only three captains that we really knew, you know, Kirk, Picard, and Cisco. Um, and that would be great. How awesome would that? Like, if you had to, like, intertwine the Nexus kind of thing, you could do that. That makes sense. Like, oh, the Nexus slipped through the wormhole or something, and, and, and then Cisco was there, or who knows what. Or what if the uh, you know you still have Soren and he's trying to move the move the Nexus and they discover if he moves it not only will it pick him up but it will intersect with the wormhole which it shouldn't and yeah, destroy that'd it. Be great. Oh. oh my goodness! This is turning into our rewriting generations podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, all right. So we'll move on. But that, those are all really interesting ideas, and it would have really been neat to see what they did with those. That is all, all I want to talk. I actually want to focus on this theoretical season eight. So that's what we'll move on to next. So, Darren, if 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 there was a season eight, what would you have liked to have seen? Would you have liked to have seen the re- a return of some characters that we didn't see for a while? Would you like to see some new characters? Like, are there any episodes you'd like to follow up on? Like the third in the, you know, in the uh, crystalline entity episodes? Or, I know that's ridiculous because it gets just trilogy. Uh, we've had enough. We had enough of uh, the crystalline entity. I don't think I need to see it come back, unless it's a flashback and we see that teacher forcing those students to paint their own destruction. Fair enough. You do not leave this classroom uh, until the bell no. rings. Not a moment sooner. <laughs> this class does not stop for the crystalline entity or anyone. But so, what kind of things would you have liked to have seen? I mean, of course, obviously not the crystalline entity, but but who knows? Maybe the return of uh, Scotty, or the or the return of uh, of um... Mark Twain. Oh boy. Anyways, Darren, I'm asking you the question, not Philip. So go ahead and. Uh, oh man, speak. yes. Uh, I would say, I would say not. It's not quite the time to introduce new characters. I think it's the great time to really. Uh, like we've kind of spoken, you know, in other conversations to just refocus on those secondary characters and those secondary characters, um, you know, like, like those lower decks, like those Robin Lefflers, you know, that, 
you know, we've already established, but really make it more of an ensemble now uh, of extra pieces beyond the original, uh, the main seven. I think that's what I would have liked to see, just more more of the inner workings of uh, the 1701D and maybe just stick some dang other consoles up on the bridge because we need those department heads at a moment's notice. You know, it could be the episode where uh, War finally gets his chair. I think that would be a great season eight episode. Um, it's just called The Chair. The chair. <laughs> it just and it, it ends with him saying, Finally. <laughs> now, oh, was that he, Mr. Wharf? Oh, nothing, sir. <laughs> does does he bring that like hand looking chair from his quarters up onto the? Uh... Oh gosh, that chair. <laughs> that's what I would think he would do. But okay, Philip, what about you? Like, what do you? What would you want to see? Like, if there was a season eight, like, what would you have liked to have been about? Um. Well, I mean, I, I would first of all echo what, Dar- echo what Darren said. Um. And we, just a reminder for everyone, I'm sure we all know this, O'Brien's already gone at this point because he's on Deep Space Nine. Um, but Ensign Rowe, Daniel, not to steal your thunder, um, you know, she didn't leave until literally the next to last episode of season seven. So if there's one more season, Ensign Rowe doesn't have to leave. So, um, and then we could have had more Nurse Ogawa. We could have finally seen Andrew. What the heck does this guy look like? Look like? We could have seen her baby, you know. Um, so, you know, that, that would have been cool. Um, we could have seen the, the very awkward and yet ultimately, you know, life learning lesson episode of Worf and Deanna breaking up, you know, you know, the kids had it great for a while, but they decided that things weren't working out, but they're still going to be friends and she's still going to help with Alexander. And, and we all learned about having a mature relationship. I love that season eight episode. That was a great one. <laughs> That's interesting. Actually, I'll, I will bring up the tropes in a minute here, the, the, the TNG tropes. And we'll talk about that. But I do want to say there are certain elements. I, I think that a season eight could have, and, I, and I, like I said, I'm split on the concept of a season eight. I'm halfway. I'm like, okay, seven was enough. But on the other hand, I'm like, man, more TNG is great. So, but there are certain elements that I, I would have liked to see them take more risks. Uh, you know, like, let, like, let's have Picard seriously consider and maybe leave the ship for six episodes and go be, uh, you know, a professor of archaeology at Starfleet Academy or something. In a wheelchair? <laughs> Well, that he it wouldn't be archaeology, but yeah, that possibly, possibly, right? Or let's he starts you know, a special school at the academy. <laughs> We're gifted we youngsters. We could have, and I know this may be unpopular, but we could have Wesley come back and then lose <sighs> lose his super special special Jesus abilities and become a normal person, so that when he shows up in Nemesis, it makes sense. You know, we could we could finally explore Guinan. Like you said, Ensign Rowe could become lieutenant. Worf could get a chair. Like, there's a lot of cool Jordy things. gets his new eyes. You know, Jordy every- could get his new eyes. Why not? Yeah. Dr. Pulaski comes back and says, oh, by the way, Jordy, I just remember that conversation we had five years ago. <laughs> um, I wanted to follow up, and I brought the implants. We could totally have a Pulaski episode. I would be okay with that. I would not be okay with a Yar slash Sela episode in season eight, but I don't think fine. they've milked that character quite enough. They need at least one more go around before they wrap it up. And so, and then this one, Sela is pregnant with a daughter. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, yeah, let's let's not even. 
But not they do that talking. creepy 3D scan. It looks like. <laughs> All right. So I want to talk a little bit about TNG tropes that we see. So, so Darren, season eight holodeck episode, go. So Jordy is back on the holodeck and he's actually using it to have a long distance Skype relationship with Leah Brahms where they get to, you know, quote unquote holodeck into each other's, uh, engine rooms and discuss all that <laughs> wonderful wonderful warp theory uh, unfortunately they hit you know the occasional plasma storm and she uh, it starts to cut out and every other word gets through and let's just say those words don't piece together too well classic all right. misunderstanding all right philip season eight Hol- holodeck episode go all right. Well, in season eight holodeck episode, um, the holodeck actually works fine, um, but it's discovered. No, no, no that... I don't think. It, hang on, sorry, Philip. I don't mean to interrupt you. I said holodeck episode, so the holodeck works fine. That's the twist, Daniel. That's not an option. That's the twist. Edge of your seat the entire time, expecting it to. That's explode. right. Okay, sorry. I just didn't think you understood. It, it, it finds, and it, it turns out that the crew has actually been replaced, um, and that's not actually the crew. <laughs> And it, what it is is that the holodeck has turned itself on, um, and has become self aware. <laughs> yeah, and is and and it is expressing itself through the crew. Um, but then at the end, it turns off and it's empty, and the real crew comes on, and they're like, "Hey, why was the holodeck on for the past forty five minutes with commercials? I don't know." And we get that eerie kind of end Picard look out the window music, you know, like. Um... <laughs> Okay, uh, my holodeck episode would be, and this is from the comics, and because of little crossovers, the TARDIS shows up on the holodeck. Okay, done. Uh, two, two more, <laughs> quick, two more quick uh, questions, Darren. The season eight Q episode. What happens? Go. Q places the Enterprise like a Hallmark ornament on a Christmas tree. <laughs> thereby we actually get a great christmas episode they'll call it some weird festivus name in the 24th century but we'll all know where the parallels lie and we at least end up with one shot of q in a santa suit well you know, so this this is interesting and well it's interesting because this would be you know the early experiment in product placement you know in the, in the mid 90s drinking like, a can of know, coke it could be hallmark like it's right. And then the like, Hallmark, how can we get, we'll just have the, the ornament for this year be the Enterprise on the tree. Awesome. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. All right. That's we're, we're thinking of starting this channel just for Hallmark. Maybe we should put the season eight uh, Star Trek Next Generation on it. There you go. All right, Philip, what would your season eight Q episode be? Well, see, you know, I, I think um, it, if I'm allowed, I'm going to do this conceit and say that all good things was the end of season seven. And so I think one of the things that was, to me, uh, I don't want to say sad, but, you know, Q had that great speech at the end of All Good Things, you know, not mapping stars and studying, studying nebula, but charting the unknown possibilities of existence. That will be your mission. Well, Picard's like, what do you mean, Q? You'll see. And then we saw those generations, which really wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So, you know, I, I, I think, like, if we had got something what Q was talking about in season eight, that would have been something about, you know, more paradoxes, more um, what's the excess. You, you could have had, okay, here's, I'll go crazy. Wesley comes back in the Q episode, okay? 
Um, and here, Wesley fella. talks Cross about the all the things he learned about. You have, here it is, Q, Wesley, the Traveler, it writes itself. Boom. <laughs> oh, how would the, okay, all right, let's talk about this. How would Q and the Traveler interact? I mean. Oh, I thought he was saying that it's the same person. <gasps> that Q was the Traveler. The Traveler was Q the yes! whole time. You just changed my world. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, no, this is it. The Traveler is a Q, and so the Traveler shows up with Wesley, Q shows up and is like, Q, what are you doing here? I go by oh. T now. <laughs> that would be interesting. How would? Um, but honestly, I mean, so Q can do whatever he wants. He has he has omnipotency, but but the traveler can turn thoughts into reality. So who? Because becomes, he's a Q. <laughs> so who's more powerful? And, and Q's like, "What are you doing? Taking some strange person with you on a journey?" And the traveler's like, "Who's that woman standing next to you?" And now we get a Vosh episode. Yes! Uh, yes! <laughs> um, Though had... I have thought about it more, and my episode is called Q-Mass. Oh, Q-Mass. okay. Oh, That's very right. good. Because you got to have a, a clever, witty Q title in your Q episode. It, it wouldn't be Cunica? No? Cunica. Okay. <laughs> Once. Uh... <laughs> it could just be the Q, yeah. So... Obviously, in all good things, we were very busy, and so Q didn't have a lot of time to small talk with Picard. If we got the season eight episode, Q, I think the Q episode would have, would have been all about uh, how upset he was that Cisco punched him in the face, and uh, you know he didn't get to bring it up to Picard. He kidnapped Troy, and like he needs a counseling session. Well, you know, if you need a counseling session, you should probably kidnap Guinan. But as we know, Q and Gein. Oh, okay. Just just figured out my my season eight Q episode is going to be the Q and Guinan backstory episode. Ooh. So um, I was going to think of the Q and Guinan buddy cop episode. Except the thing is, she does that weird like hand thing, and yeah. you know, we never figure out what that means or like why Q would be. Offended. It's an obscene gesture on their world. I think <laughs> I think that's a that's the byline. So you're saying she's not giving him thumbs up at that point. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. All right. Well, one more one more round, you know, before we move on to the next subject. So, Darren, the season eight Loaxana episode. What would it be? <laughs> oh, oh man. Now, just for the record, I just for reference, what was the last Loaxana episode? Was it Dark Page? It was yes, Dark Page. I think yeah. So it did end on a series. We're not note. counting the DS Nine one where she puts uh, the moves on Odo. We should. But she was in several. Any of the Deep Space. Okay, at this point, season eight, Loxana Troy, she's back from Dark Page where she's just, you know, flipping out and (laughs) very emotional. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say, okay, basically, it's like Captain's Holiday, but with Loxana. Oh, God. (laughs) So Picard not only is not on his own ship and is completely fish out of water on Ryza, but who should happen to be booked into the room next door but our favorite holder of the sacred chalice of reeks heir to the third house of beta z loxana troy and i think i think that just writes itself oh boy okay i mean if you if you want to see that darren i suppose it's a good thing we didn't get season 8 okay um, and then the borg invade you know something <laughs> something, something happens what about you philip any, any, what? any. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Luxana, obviously. Okay. So we've seen Luxana. 
um, you know, come on, you know, manhunt and looking for a man. We've seen her in Half a Life, have a boyfriend. Um, we saw her. I guess that was a DS9 episode where she actually was uh, getting or was married, right? Um, she actually mm-hmm. did get married. Okay, so we've seen her. Well, season eight, Loxwana, because this is the 24th century, right? Technology. She has a surprise. She's pregnant, and she, uh, you know, got her hand on you know DNA. Right? It's, it's everywhere in the 24th century. It doesn't matter where it came from. Um, and so, but she is pregnant. And it just happens that during this episode, in the middle of it, she is in a turbo lift with Picard. And, I, you know, I don't want to tell you how betazoid women can get when they're pregnant. Um, I think we saw a little bit of it in the child, but they can get, whoa boy, they can get crazy. Well, it just happens that they're, they're actually hit some dark matter, the Enterprise, and Picard and Loxwana are stuck in the turbo lift right when Loxwana is in labor. And Picard has to deliver the new Troy baby. Uh, okay. And she names it Jean-Luc. So can we assume, and I would imagine, this is not, now this is actually a theory in my mind, that this actually happened and this is the birth of Shinzon. No? Is that not now? It's canon. Canon. It's well, officially canon. Well, you're saying that she's picked up some DNA, but who is the source of yeah, that Yeah, you DNA? didn't ever who specify. Who is the father? You yeah. didn't, uh, didn't well, specify that. We'll find out when he gets a little older and... You know, has to look at his hairline differently. All right, shins on. All right, I'm okay with that. It'll be the season cliffhanger between uh, the new season seven and season eight. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's how that's how it'll end. She gets the Beverly walks in and be like, Jean Luc, I got the DNA test back, and the father is. That would be funny. Um, okay, all right, all right. I guess, you know, um, if I had to... And you do. If I had to, if I had to pick a Lwaxana episode for season eight, it's got to it's gotta ha- kind of have some finality to her character. You know, I mean, obviously she goes on to be on Deep Space Nine. That's fine. But at least as far as the TNG crew is concerned. So they've been teasing and hinting at the, at the Picard walks on a relationship the whole time. So I would love like them to put that to bed. Not not literally. <laughs> that, was, that was a really poor choice of words there. What of more of the proof fanfics available yeah, on, no. on. Uh, but I would have liked them to just put that to to put it away. I, I I have no idea how to put this cleanly now, but I would have liked them to just let that go. And like maybe they have some adventure. Like you said, maybe they get caught in a turbo lift and then they have to have a, a real heart to heart and Kind of like, the Quark Odo climb a mountain episode where they they dig a little deeper and and get to really you know put she drops her her facade of kind of you know who she is like she does with Odo later and yeah. Picard kind of opens up a little bit and we get a little bit of that generations moment of you know I never had to care, worry about carrying on the family line and sure exactly or even like you mentioned like. Even though the Loxana Odo moment we get in the turbo lift that that other time where the, like she comes you know reveals herself to him like I would I would think that would be more meaningful to Picard because we've had a longer standing relationship but that's just that's just an example I suppose we never got to see it so that's okay but I did want to switch gears here just for a minute 
and ask you guys, what would you have liked for them? What would you have not want to have seen? Because we know that, especially towards the end, you know, I don't think season seven is any of our favorite seasons. You know, so towards the end, maybe they got a little. Uh, it has my favorite episode in it. Okay, if you're talking about masks, I can eject you from the from the podcast right now. I am not talking about masks. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. One time, I think masks is a semi-plausible episode. <laughs> yeah. But to oh. be fair, but to be fair, Darren, it has my favorite episode as well. So, what is your, what, is, what is your favorite episode? How do we not? How do I not know this right now? Uh, the Gambit Part One and Part oh, Two. Oh, we knew that. Yeah, yes. yeah, we didn't know that. Yeah, I, I forget that's in season seven. Um, but yeah, no, I get a lot about season seven, apparently. Yeah, it's true. You're absolutely right. But that's the thing. Like, like my favorite episode is in season seven, but I still think it's not the strongest season. I definitely could see the trend toward, you know, downhill perhaps. So Rosa, Sabrosa, right. Yeah. Yeah, Sabrosa is in there. But, um, so let me ask you, Darren, like which, what kind of episodes would you have wanted not to have seen? You know, they would have went there but you wouldn't want them to go yeah. there. What, what are those kinds of episodes? I think it's almost a coin toss with the whole Beverly-Picard relationship. I, we, we've said a lot of times, oh, if we just had a couple more episodes to really just finally answer it. And we do get, you know, the the joined one. And it's just... It, they, they're kind of answering it, but they're not or in attached. And I think you you would have the risk of, oh, well, we have 26 more episodes. Now we can, even though we've had attached and they've really made it clear that they're friends, oh, let's just open this back up again, the will they, won't they, and another season of will they, won't they. That's what I don't want to see. I'd like, I'd rather it they stay on one side of the fence or the other. Okay, that's, yeah. I mean, I could definitely see what you're saying there. Um, what about you, Philip? Are there any like types of episodes that you would want to see or any threads that would have been carried through that, you know, they would have, they could not have kept their hands off of, but three more, three words, no more Borg. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, I, I like dissent actually, personally, some people do, some people don't, I like dissent, but there is the argument that they sort of, uh, I'm trying to think of a word that I can use that they sort of desensitized the Borg or whatever the word I can use. It weren't really scary. Exactly. There you go. They did not make the Borg scary anymore with Descent. Um, Because you had Hugh before that, um, I Borg, and then you had Descent, which I do like that they brought back Hugh. But, you know, that that was it. That's done Borg. Borg's done. Best of both worlds. You know, that's it. You you don't Voyager it, as we call it in the business. Um, (laughs) And they got to interface with the old school Borg who, like, just... (laughs) wanted to just assimilate anything that moved because i mean honestly they did bring the borg back first contact and it was a great movie but you know i don't think the borg no more borg and you know they would have been tempted if they had one more season to to do that Um, i'm glad yeah for no more borg all right fair enough yeah i was actually just going to mention to you first contact because obviously we all love that movie a lot so it is interesting because they do bring them back in a very threatening and, and interesting way, but you're right. I don't know that they necessarily would have been able to do that in the show. Because it's interesting if you know we we almost you know memory plays tricks. First contact that was the first time the Borg were shown like that. Um, you know mm-hmm. we we think about it in Voyager because they you know took that, but you know TNG Borg looked very different. Um, and yeah, and so. wetsuits and tubes. That was and it. <laughs> white makeup. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. You're right. We do kind of like look back on it as always being very intense and very scary. And they do do it effectively for the most part, but you're right. It is, it's, it's, it is different. Yeah. I think if you had the effects of first contact in Q who, uh, people would have crapped their pants. <laughs> for sure. No, absolutely. And that's what makes me excited for the next Star Trek. Like, we haven't seen a Star Trek since, you know, the, you know, 2005 or something. I don't remember exactly when it happened. 2005. And, you know, I mean, when I think about when we saw Star Trek, it's been a long time. Um, in, never mind. Getting from <laughs> there to here. But, you know, right. it has been a long time. But the fine, the time is finally near, so uh, I do think that we can we can do it. Anyways, okay, we're not going to get into that. Um, the one phase of the, <laughs> uh, the uh, one of the few things I'll mention that I I, I, w- I would have wanted them to drop the whole, and this is minor, but I would have wanted them to drop the whole Troy, the Trorf, the yeah, the, the Torf. Torf, thank you. I couldn't remember. Torf, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Torf. The, the, the Torf relationship completely because yeah, that was ridiculous. That was dumb. And yeah. it wasn't dumb. Okay, it wasn't dumb, but it was it, like well, it was kind uh, of dumb. You pointed it, out before, Riker it was and natural. Troy have issues, serious relationship issues. Well, like I said, if they had dealt with it, you know, they could have just said like, eh, eh, and but if only they dealt with it, not like have them make out in the best season finale ever and then them just stare at each other awkwardly every time they're in a movie together. Well, okay, yeah, that's true. But but the the other thing I would have wanted to avoid that a lot of people give season 7 a lot of flack for is being the the TNG happy family time season like we oh, you know, oh, we bring on this person's you know, Wait. data gets three new three new family members this season or whatever. And, and yeah, everybody else has a whole bunch of people just randomly show up. And so I would have wanted them to avoid that as well, but family who cares about them. <laughs> well, you know, well, you know, to a point, to a point we care. We certainly don't care about anybody's potential future, Romulan half stepdaughters who aren't even a lot. Yeah, this is this is what I'm saying. That's when you know you're crossing the line. So you can tell we're recording this after Thanksgiving. Family, <laughs> blah. Who wants to see them? <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna head towards the end of of, of the episode, but I, I did want to get some some last. Now that we've now that we've been actually kind of hashing it out and talking about it, Darren, like you know, I know in the beginning I asked you, what do you think, season eight? Good or nay, you know, and 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 you had your opinion, but I have to ask you, would it have been worth it? Like as a TNG fan, even if it was terrible, like even if it was, even if it was season one caliber, justice, would it have been worth it to get twenty six more episodes? I mean, because you know, like even season one has gems in it. Would it have been worth it for? you know, 26 more episodes of our favorite characters and our, and our, and our favorite ship. I think so. I think it would be worth it. I think, uh, I was, I was hoping you were going to go back with a, uh, uh, if there was one thing we did want in a season eight, uh, which I know we kind of covered, but I think, uh, to, Oh no, sorry. I don't want to just insert over what you're doing. Um, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. It's fine. I, I think I would have loved to have gotten a TNG mirror universe episode. 
is the one thing TNG didn't get. We went from TOS to Deep Space Nine, uh, eh, Voyager. That's all right, but you know, even Enterprise had an awesome, awesomely well done uh, Mirror Universe episode, and I think I, I would have liked to have seen uh, Mirror Picard and Mirror Data kicking some butt. Well, I I agree that that Mirror Data definitely would have kicked lots of butt. I'm okay. I'm not a big fan of of uh, Mirror episodes myself personally, but but yeah, that's just my opinion. But what about what about you, Philip? I mean, how do you where do you stand on like? I know that you were a little more hesitant than Darren was, but where do you? Would it have been worth it? Twenty six episodes. Well, you know, I, I was thinking about this question when when we were when I saw the topic uh, for this, you know, five seconds ago. No, I'm kidding. Uh, when I, when I saw the topic for this, um, because you know, it's like whether it's the JJ movies now or you know whatever, you know, Star Trek movies. But you know, even the best Star Trek movie, if you could trade in that movie for another season, you know, pose that to the TOS people, pose it to the TNG people. You know, pose it to the DS9. You know, would you rather have had a movie or would you rather have had another season? You, could it, can um, you trade season five or yeah, exactly. no, Star no. Trek five for a season four of, uh, of TOS? Yeah. But but I almost think like movies, like we anticipate them, but you know, that's never the same as if we had just had a bunch. Maybe it maybe basically made me ask this question: How do we want our Trek TV series movies? Is one better than the other? And so, I mean, I, I think about it like as excited as we were for the movies, you know, Generations, you know, okay, First Contact, yay, Insurrection, which I like and no one else does, you know, there, Nemesis, blah. But, you know, so we'll take all four of those or three of them and give me another season instead, you know. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, it would have been worth it. I, I, I think, you know, the quality, you don't, you don't, you don't want the, you don't want people to stay too long at the show, you know, and then it starts to show and the talent and the story writing and all that, especially with them splitting between DS9 and developing, you know, Voyager and developing movies. You would have just seen everyone going, you know, the designers and the directors and the producers going all four ways and would have been like the C team left um, doing all the production. <laughs> right. Cause TNG would have been on the way out, right? You want to be on the new thing, not the old thing. So, so I mean, but we could have seen Doctor Salar, right, or Salar come back, maybe. Um, so, so I, I think, yeah, ultimately it would have been worth it. But, but I think you know, it's it's as with every fandom, everyone wants them to go on forever. But you know, if I could pick a word, all good things. Uh, <laughs> never mind. That's uh, that's three words, Philip. The thing is, I agree with you in a lot of ways, but. Man, I mean, and we'll I disagree get, with the keyword. The keyword. No, words. no, no. <laughs> I, I'm going. I'm probably going somewhere different than you might think I am. But, but, I I would probably trade a lot of the movies for an extra season. But I would not trade all good things for a season. I wouldn't. No. I think. I mean, I I think, as far as endings go, that's the perfect ending. I really do. I I, I mean, and we'll get into it. I'm sure when we whenever we get into our all good things podcast. But I mean, man, that episode to me it, it, it's flawless, completely flawless. And if if we had to get twenty six more episodes and the ending was kind of bleh, nope. I'll I'll, t- I'll take season seven and I'll take all good things. I don't, do you guys agree? I mean, are, how do you feel about it? Because that's that's exactly how I feel. I think just like we stated in the beginning. I mean, we all almost unanimously agreed oh well yeah this is we're obviously talking about all good things moving to the end of season eight like we all thought that 
because it's such a great ending. Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only thing conversely would be is if you kept it at the end of seven and then try and tweak those themes in season eight. In other words, how do you make Jordy a writer? Like, I mean, you're not just going to show him being a writer in season eight, but you start tweaking it, you know, pushing people to where you saw them go in all good things. And do they go that way or do they not? You know, do do Picard and Beverly start to come together or does that revelation that they're just going to divorce Evan anyway? You know, Beta starts or, to gray his hair. Exactly. You know, starts to. Fill, fill out, you know, professorial, get his doctorate in literature. Or what, I don't know. But yeah, so I, I think that would have been interesting. It would have been we were artists and poets and writers. <laughs> I don't know. I think... Jordy Stash would have come in. So Yeah, exactly. I, I think... And, and I mean, I don't disagree with you in a way, Philip, but the thing is, to me, it's like those themes and those elements work in all good things because we know it's the end. Like it's not the same. It doesn't. It doesn't hold the same emotional weight. If we know we're going to get twenty six more episodes of Jordy failing on the holodeck with girls, and you know Data trying to become human, like it's just it's such a perfect. Riker worrying about his career, yeah, counselor choice, pedantic psycho babble, <laughs> indulging Data in his witless. <laughs> It's just such a perfect circle from from Encounter at Farpoint. Like we've been on. This is very quickly turning into the <laughs> All Good Things podcast, which I don't want it to be. But it's just like when I think of if if I could instantly transform All Good Things to a season eight uh, season finale, then I have no problems. Give me season eight, and then give me one less movie or whatever. I'll, I have no problem trading that in. But if, if I have to give you all good things in order to get that season, nope, no thank you. Not interested. Give up its place. I mean, yeah. keeping it in the middle where it doesn't have the same impact. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not worth it. But you know what? I mean, this is, this is a huge topic, season eight, right? It's, it, we can't come up with everything. Like, there's, there's infinite possibilities of, of what could have happened and what might have happened. So we would like to hear from our fans, like, Go to Trek FM slash forums and talk to us about season eight because honestly, just talking with you, Philip, and with you, Darren, I've had some great ideas that I would have never considered. So, so, so talk to us about it on the forums, and we would love to hear from you guys. But season eight is not the only thing that we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. So here's a look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. <laughs> The Trouble at Tribble's Commentary. Something which I think really gets overlooked in this episode. You know, everyone, you know, talks about how funny it is and how the Tribbles are so cute and all this stuff. But really, it's political satire. Earl Grey. Catherine Pulaski. You know, there will be times when I honestly will just forget that there was another Doctor besides Crusher because... It's really she's just one of the seven. I thought there were twelve doctors. Oh wait, never mind. We're talking. Never mind. Sorry, I was thinking of something else. <laughs> I see what you did there. The orb. Dominion invasion tactics. And Bashir says, "Look, I know what the orders say, but he attacked Chief O'Brien, and we have rules against that sort of thing here. So I think that they're trying to figure out. Yes, the Federation has rules, but how much are they willing to bend the rules depending on how we push their buttons? The ready room. Find your mission. You're three. I, I, I literally wrote the words to a piece of the action the day before I recorded it, which was about two days before we sent the album off to be mastered. To the journey! 
Season 1 Marathon. I mean, I do see what you mean. Like you said, the A-plot is absolutely boring, but we get a lot of cool moments in here, and we get a lot of introductions. And so for that, it's a good episode to watch in a marathon just because you're introduced to all these cool things. Warp 5. Horror on Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting on this episode, when Reed is being inhabited, the first thing he does is go and hits on all the women. When, the fir- <laughs> when Troop is being yeah. inhabited, the first thing he does is go and eats everything in sight. Commentary, Trek stars. Demon with a glass hand. I wonder what audiences at the time thought of it. You know, this is a time when Beverly Hillbillies was probably the most popular TV show. I just can't imagine what they must have thought uh, watching this thing. Literary Treks. David Mack, A Ceremony of Losses. And then we color-coded it and we started lining up dates and uh, events and saying, well, this book runs from this date to this date these events in this book happen on these dates so that if you're writing this scene in book two you know that it happens exactly let's say 11 days after this event in book one and that sort of meticulous down to the you know fine detail granular planning became absolutely essential and that's what else is happening on trek.fm so check out these shows and get in on the daily trek talk You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Windows Phone, Xbox, Zune, or you can stream and download files from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. Alright guys, so like I mentioned before, if anybody wants to talk to us about Season 8, which you should, if you're listening to this podcast, please, I want to hear, Philip wants to hear, Darren wants to hear your thoughts on, on Season 8. So all they have to do is go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Just just choose Earl Grey, and it will come to the three of us by email. You can also use the tab on the right-hand side of any page to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone. And you can talk to us and other listeners in our forums at trek.fm slash forums, like I mentioned before. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under the username trek.fm. So, Darren, say somebody wanted to say something to you about your Q Christmas episode. How would they do that? Well, if they haven't already given me a, a eight-page synopsis of their Q Christmas episode in our forums, they could obviously drop me a line on Twitter at Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. And Philip, if somebody wanted to tell you how wrong you were about insurrection, how would they get a hold of you? Um, they can be corrected on Twitter with handle NC Public Servant. It's NC Lake, North Carolina, and I'll be more than happy to talk about that perfect moment. <laughs> And if anybody wants to get a hold of me, I am one of Dan on Twitter. That is the number one, not the word. So you can find us all on Twitter. Before we go, we'd like to ask you to please support our sponsor, Audible.com, who makes it possible for us to bring every cup of Earl Grey and our other shows to each of you each week. Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've ever wanted to read but never thought you had time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 thousand titles to choose from and new titles coming every week from classics to current bestsellers audible has something for everyone there are many next generation books available on audible including dark mirror and q squared both read by john delancey as a trek fm listener you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great audible is so give it a try today catch up on all those classic books you've yet to read or the latest novel from your favorite author as well just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank you and Audible for supporting Earl Grey and trekfm. 
Also, help us continue to bring Earl Grey to you each week by getting your alien badges and art prints featuring original illustration by Tobo Ushi. You'll find them at trek.fm slash donate, and your support helps us pay for the cost of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show to you each week. All right, everyone. I'm about to head down to the holodeck because there's no possible way that I could break eight years in a row, right? So I just wanted to thank everybody for listening and catch us all next week on Earl Grey. Engage. Make it so. Live long and prosper. Fire. Fire.